0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message.
1: We're going to get straight into it, but before we do, let's pray together. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you, Jesus. Father God, Lord, we invite you in this place here at Transform to change our hearts, to transform our minds and our hearts today, Father God. And speaking of hearts, we just learned last week that we guard our hearts. And Lord God, right now, as we take down our guards for a second, let's just let you come into our hearts today and start to do your heart surgery in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for your word that is that is so poignant, so relevant in today's age, that we get to learn amazing things today, Father God. And Lord, we want to thank you right now. We commit the rest of this awesome day into your hands. In Jesus' name we all say and pray. Amen. 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 Hey, you'll probably acknowledge that this is a great time for us to start thinking and start looking at developing habits, healthy habits. You know, we just got into spring a couple of weeks ago, you know, and from what I heard, a lot of people, and most people, their favorite season is spring, right? I don't know about you, but I don't even know the difference anymore, you know, because you got spring in Melbourne, and supposed to be getting warmer, but we're living in Melbourne, so it's it's, you don't really get, you don't really know what you're going to get, right? But in spring, you usually have, you know, spring cleaning, you have spring school holidays, right? You have... You, some of you, sorry, spring rolls, spring rolls come on. <laughs> Amen, you're speaking my language, my bro. You know, in spring, you got, you know, school holidays, and some of you are probably developing new goals. Some of you are getting into new opportunities. I know some people are, you know, getting married in spring. I also know some people that are moving into new homes, and they're getting married, and they're moving into new homes. That's the good news, that people want to change. People have goals, and people that people want to accomplish something. But the bad news is this, right? That 92% of our resolutions are gone by the next couple of months. That's the bad news. You know, it's great that we all wanna change, we wanna do something, but 92% of our resolutions are gone by the next couple of months. Like, you know it from last year, right? You had the resolution, you had the motivation. I wanna lose weight. By the end of March, you gained weight. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right? You know it from last year, and you end up feeling like Paul in Romans 7. He says, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't really understand myself, right? I don't understand myself, for I want to stop eating junk food. I want to lose the weight, I want to stop overspending at Kmart or online shopping at Target. I want to do what's right, but he says, I don't do it. Have we all been in that situation before where we truly have great intentions, where we have great things coming up for us, and we want to think and do great things, but it feels like we're stuck in a rut? Have we all been in that situation before? I want to do what's right, but we do the complete opposite. And then he asks this question. We see Paul shift his thinking. He asks this question. In verse 24, he says this, Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And I love what he does. He looks to the source. He looks to the source, and the only one who can truly change him, he says, Thank God the answer is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, who can free me, who can set us free, who can deliver, and He recognizes that Christ is our source. Come on, somebody. Christ is our strength. Christ is our healing. Christ is our restoration. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus makes all things new. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation, He's a new person. But why is it that so many of us, I want to ask this question, why is it that so many of us, we genuinely have good intentions, but we fail over and over again? We want to lose the weight. We want to do all sorts of amazing things, but we don't do it. And I want to show you three reasons today. If you're writing things down, I want to show you three reasons today why we don't succeed when we, when, when we have such good intentions. Come on, turn to somebody and say, are you interested You interested and if you're writing things down, I want to I want to I want to share with you with you the first reason is that we focus so much on the what but we don't necessarily understand the how we focus so much on the things the action that we want to perform or the the thing that we want to accomplish but we don't know how to get there my speaking to somebody today like, think about it, right? Almost everybody that you know has the same goals. Everybody, if I was to do like a, like a huge survey in this place today, everybody is going to have the same goals, right? So if I was to ask you, what's your goal, right? You want to be healthy physically, emotionally, mentally. You want to be healthy in some form, right? Yeah? Nobody would ever say, I want to have dangerously high cholesterol by the end of the year. Nobody would ever say that. You want to be healthy in some form right when it comes to your marriage for those of you who are getting married right for those of you who are married right when you get married what do you say I want love right I want to have a blessed life I want to have affection I want to have a great life nobody ever says that you know what we're gonna get married and then maybe in the next four to seven years maybe divorce is in the cards right you want to have healthy relationships. You want to have a healthy relationship with Jesus. See, most of us, we have similar goals or hopes, but the results are dramatically different. Some are really achieving at some areas, but some are falling way too short. In fact, I love what James Clear says in, in his book, Atomic Habits. It's, a, it's an amazing book that I've been reading, right? And I want to recommend that with you for those of you who, are de- who wants to develop a new habit or who wants to fix a habit, right? Atomic habits. And he says this, that winners and losers generally have the same goals. He says that successful people and unsuccessful people have the same goals. Think about it for a second. You know, you have grand finals next, next, uh, next week, Right? In, in the beginning of every sports season, I love basketball, right? I love watching it. In, every, in the beginning of every sports season, right, what does the coach say to the, to, the, to the team in the locker room? The coach says, team, we are shooting for the championship this year. We're going to grab a premiership. Is that what you call it? Premiership this year, right? <clears throat> no coach would ever say to their team, team, we're going to shoot for the fifth place. And then that's it. We're going to be satisfied with that. Think about it. Think about it for a second. Right, James Clear, he teaches us this idea that goals don't determine success, but systems determine success. And in fact, to directly quote his book for a second, he says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. You fall to the level of your systems. right? And you're probably looking at me right now, Tom, that does not sound spiritual at all. Right? I'm going to fix this for a second. Tom, that does not sound spiritual at all. Right? You're looking at me, Tom, I came to transform church today to hear the holy word of God, to be fed. But think about it for a second. When I look at that thought, when I look at that statement through the lens of the Holy Spirit, I see so many people Who have been blessed and are successful because of godly systems in their lives. And a lot of people who are unsuccessful because of the lack of systems. And I want to talk to you about today about the systems from a spiritual perspective. Is that okay? Yeah? And I'm going to show you a very powerful example of a guy who had a system. Or we could say he had one habit that helped him that helped shape him to become the person that God wanted him to become. And his name is Daniel. And if you've grown up in church, and if you're, you've grown up in Sunday school, right, or kids' world, you'd know that Daniel is in the Old Testament, and you'd usually kind of put him in the story of Daniel in the lion's den. There's my church people. You know, it's so impressive that he, he had the faith to stand down lion's and survive but to me what's also really impressive is that there were 120 top leaders in the nation and of those 120 top leaders Daniel stood out amongst all of them that's what's so impressive about me about Daniel because amongst all of them he had exceptional qualities and this is what scripture says in Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 this is what it says now Daniel So distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps. Now satraps are just basically governors and key people in the high places among that government. The administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. The question that we should be asking ourselves is that why in the world did Daniel stand out? What was it that made him who he was? But before we answer that question, I want to tell you what kind of happened, right? So what happened was he became popular with the king, and he was going to get promoted. And what happens is that anytime you rise to the level of success, what happens? You have people that generally don't like you. We were talking about this in our life group um, on Tuesday. Anytime you rise to the level of success, you have people in the opposition. You have people that hate you because that was my promotion. What about me? And so what do people do? They try to take you down. And this is what's happening with, with, uh, with Daniel. So his enemies decided to take, him, to take him down. And they looked for any kind of weakness, any kind of flaw in his character, any kind of defect so that they could trip him up. But the good thing is that they couldn't find anything. I would argue that this is why the king probably wanted to promote Daniel. They couldn't find anything. In in fact, the scripture says this in verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. They couldn't find any flaw, any weakness, so that they determined the only way we can trip him up is to mess with his God. To mess with his God. This guy is so into his God that that's how we're going to make a mistake out of him. That's how we're going to trip him up. So what they did is that they tricked the king into issuing a decree that if anyone prays to anyone else except King Darius, I think it was back then. Except King Darius in the next 30 days that they would have to be thrown in the lion's den. Got a bit of Sunday school going on here. But what happened? Daniel stood out. He was so distinguished that amongst 120 top leaders, he was the one that rose to the top. What was it that made him who he was? I would argue that it was a system. Or it was one small, very small habit that over time shaped his identity and it gave him the confidence to be who God created him to be. And I'll show you this system. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says this. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. What of you? Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. He gave thanks to God just as he had done before i love that part just as he had done before what did daniel do not once a day not twice a day three times a day not when it was convenient not when it was easy not when everything was going well in his life not when everything when there were you know no more bills to pay not once not twice but three times a day he got down on his knees and he gave thanks to god Every single stay, day he stopped and he listened and he sought after God. And what did Daniel do? He lived a habit. He lived a system. One small discipline. And what I would say to you is this. Never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. Never Underestimate what God might do something special, something powerful, something unique, something exciting that's shut up in your bones today over one small habit, over one small system. Never underestimate that over one small act of obedience. Never underestimate it. Why do we not succeed? Number one, we tend to focus on the what, but we don't necessarily understand the how. And the second reason is this. If you're writing things down, the second reason is this. We give up so quickly. I give up too so quickly sometimes. We give up so quickly. We, we don't see progress fast enough, so we give up so quickly. And that's why there's a statistic that says 92% of our resolutions fail because it took us two months. It takes two months to get there, and that's too long. We give up so quickly because we don't see the progress fast enough. You know this, right? You get on the treadmill three days straight, and you're, like, running, you know? That's more like cha cha Pastor Gregory. You're running. (laughs) You're running, right? Three days straight, and then you go on the scale, and you gain three kilos you look at yourself in the mirror like ah this doesn't work right anybody been there before you've been reading amazing devotions you've been reading plans physically or on your on your on your phone for four days straight and you're like what you know what god this is gonna change my life i'm gonna seek you i'm gonna do everything in my power to seek you because i want this to be life-changing you go through it for four days straight and then it comes Sunday when you're on the way to church and your kids at the back are going crazy. And then you start yelling at them, oh, should never had you. <laughs> and then you look at yourself in the rearview mirror and you're like, man, this devotion does not work for me at all. We don't see progress fast enough. See, I told you this doesn't work for you. We don't see results fast enough. And because of that, we tend to make a mistake. And the mistake is this, that we wrongly conclude that the small good intentions don't make much of a difference. Good decisions, the small good decisions. And we wrongly conclude that this small habit, this small faithful decision, this small good and positive action doesn't doesn't make that big of a difference at all. And then you reverse it, right? You reverse it. They're not so good things. What do you do? You, you go ahead and, and, and play video games for three hours straight. And you know you have an exam the next day. But then after the exam, you, you passed. So you don't really, you think that, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I, that, didn't, that didn't really affect me at all. You go out with the boys or with your girlfriends late into the night and your your husband and your wives are not happy with you, but they don't leave you, right? You skip church for a weekend and your whole world doesn't fall apart. Nothing tragic happens to you spiritually. You eat a whole cake for yourself because you deserve it. And then you also wrongly conclude that that small bad decision don't impact your life that much. The small good decisions don't move the needle. And the small bad decisions doesn't really impact your life at all. And you, we, we miss the truth of what is impacting our lives in massive ways. Who you are today is a result of every single decision that you've made over your life. Big or small, most of them have been small. In fact, Duke University made a study back in 2006 that 40% of your, ha- of, of your day is made out of habits. Not every decision, but 40% of your day is made out of your habit. They all matter and they add up over time. And then you take someone in, in an area of their life, they're crushing it, they're winning, they're blowing it out. They're living the end results of what you want. And you look at that and you think, well how'd they get there how'd they get there well let me tell you now that they didn't get there all at once again it was one small decision done again and again over time it was a moment of self-sacrifice it was a moment of self-discipline nobody knows that time when you cried in your pantry asking God for help but you soldiered on nobody sees that time That you made and you persevered, you made godly little decisions during lockdown to keep your family afloat. Nobody sees that. Nobody sees the time where you've been broken, you've been bruised, you've been battered, and, and the time that you sought after God and the time that you had difficult conversations and the early mornings and the late nights and the grind and the faithfulness and all the perseverance it took for you to get to a certain point. They don't see that. They don't understand it. But you realize there was one faithful small decision after another, after another, that's done over a period of years that led you to the place that everybody wants to be in. Transformers, your good decisions are not wasted. They're being stored up. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but they're being stored up. I see it this way in this analogy. You know, everybody probably here has boiled something before, right? You want to boil meat for stew or or, or vegetables or boiling an egg, for example. So what I usually do is that um, I'd get a pan and I'd put room temperature water on the pan. And then I'd put it on the heat, right? And what's happening is that the heat is changing the temperature underneath. But you don't see it. You don't feel it. But the fire is changing the temperature, 30 degrees, and then, and then 45 degrees, and then 67. And then you look at the pan, and you're not really seeing anything happening. And then it turns to 67, and then 75, and then you start seeing something happen, right? The steam and the smoke coming out. And then at 87, you get really hot water, and the heat is being stored up. And it's not just room temperature water anymore. It's hot water. And I promise you there's a tipping point. Because at 87 becomes 95, and then 95 becomes 100 degrees. And then you don't have hot water anymore. You have boiling water. And there was a tipping point. And here's what will happen. You add a Jesus-honoring discipline, and another, and another one, and another one. And you're generally faithful, but sometimes you mess up. But you're generally faithful and you may not see it over time, but the temperature is rising. Your faith is being stored up. Come on, somebody. At some point, I promise there's a tipping point and I promise that it's going to be obvious at some point, And then you're going to start seeing, you know, you're, I'm now in shape. You're now out of debt. You have confidence. There's a tipping point and your faith is being stored up. And I love the way what, I love the way that Paul said it to, to the church in Galatia, in Galatians chapter six verse nine. It says this, "Let us not be weary in doing something good. Let's not become weary in honoring God, let's not become weary in doing the right things. Let's not become weary in living on a budget. Let's not become weary in getting up 30 minutes earlier to pray. Let's not become weary in going to the gym. Let's not become weary in reading our Bibles and devotions and our plans. Let's not become weary in doing the right thing. Let's not become weary in honoring our marriage, even if we're not getting the respect that we deserve. For at the proper time... When your faith has been stored up, when there's a tipping point, for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Why do we tend to fail so often? Number one, we focus on the what. We don't understand the how. We don't see progress fast enough. Or number three, this is the last one. And this is a big problem in today's society because I see it all over in my kids. These are six, seven year old kids are developing this. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our distorted identity, the way we look at ourselves, is distorted. And it, it it sabotages our success. And what does the enemy do? The enemy loves messing with your identity. Our enemy tries to connect your failures to your identity. You know what? You've failed in this area before, so that way you are a failure. I saw what you did the other night. You're bad, so you are bad. That's what happened to Paul. He recognized that I try to do what's right, I try to do what's good. but when you look at the most, well, some of the most effective people in the scriptures, You see people who battled with identity issues. I can name a few right now. You got Moses. When God called Moses to lead his people, what did Moses say to God? God, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a good public speaker. I'm stuttering. Look at me. Listen to me. I'm stuttering. I'm not a good public speaker. How can I lead my people? You look at Gideon. Gideon was nervous. And when God called him to save his people, this is what Gideon said. God, I'm the weakest and I'm the least in my community. Why are you asking me? He connected his failure to his identity. And some of us today are probably struggling with identity issues. And maybe you feel like this in your personal life. I mean, you're you're telling yourself, you know what? I just kind of have this addictive personality. So you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and shop to deal with it. I've never been good with relationships before, so might as well end up alone. I'm not a disciplined person. I have an addictive personality, so why not? I'm, I'll take another drink. I'm not an organized person. I just can't seem to get it done. And it's identity, Here, and here's what happens. Here's what happens. An unhealthy identity, it creates Unwise habits, and then the unwise habits—it's like a cycle. The unwise habits it reinforces the unhealthy identity, and that's why this spring, you know, we've we've got a few more months left till the end of 2022. In this new season, in just in this new season, I want to ask of you, please, I beg you, I please, I ask of you that before you start looking at. And starting do goals start with who goals before you start looking at what needs to get done or where do I need to be or to have or to accomplish or to do start with who do I want to be who do you want me to become God who do you want me to become who is it that when people describe you You want them to describe, and you might say this, you want to be clean, you want to be sober, that's a fantastic Hugo, right? I want to be a great mom, I want to be a great dad, it's a great hugel. I want to be generous, great hugels. Who do you want to be today, Transformers? Who do you want to be? You know, we talked about the negative spiral, let's talk about the positive one for a second. Healthy identity, what does it do? It creates positive habits and then you're going to start seeing you know what i read i tithe i pray i read the scriptures i work out i exercise it creates healthy habits and positive habits what it does is that it reinforces a healthy identity and then you're going to start saying i'm a disciplined follower of jesus i'm a contributor i'm an ambassador i'm the one who's going to make a difference in this world church who do you want to become today not what do you want to do who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? What do you want people to say about you when you're in your 70s? Ask yourself that for a second. What do I want people to say about myself when I'm in my 70s? And if you're in your 70s, I love you guys, okay? I'm not trying to point you out. And this could be applied to any age group. but. Think about it for a second. What do I want people to say about me when I'm in my 70s? In fact, I wrote some on my phone when I was preparing this message. Is it okay to, uh, to, to, to share that with you? Is that okay? I'm going to sit down for this. Ugh. I've been standing all day. Whew. All morning. You know, I was thinking about this. Who do I want to become and who do I want to be when I turned to my 70s and I wrote this he's a guy who loves Jesus he's a guy that's obsessed absolutely obsessed with his wife he's an amazing dad and an even more amazing grandfather I want I want I want people to say that he's a devoted leader to the church that he absolutely loves He's a strong leader who believes in the best in people and helps people to do more for the glory of God than they can do on their own. They're not going to say it. I want people to feel it. I'm not looking for credits. I'm not looking for an ego boost. I want people to, to feel it. This is who I want to become they're going they're not going to say it but this guy takes care of whatever's trusted to him his health his influence his money his marriage his time and he uses it for the glory to glorify Jesus with everything that is within him and then i want you guys to see that and you start saying and he's just enjoying the ride he's rich in friendships and experiences and generosity and he's leaving one heck of a legacy one heck of a legacy that's who I want to be I'm not I'm not looking for thank you for doing that but I'm not looking for any sort of credit because this is who I want God to turn me to be and if I want to do this I can't do it on my own I need to create habits healthy habits understand the how more than the what not have identity issues create godly systems I can't just say it and become it I have to put actions over it and thank you Jesus for telling me this when you know who you are you'll know what to do no single action will change your identity but consistent actions over time start to change how you perceive about yourself And we just learned that our our identity shapes your actions. If you're dealing with negative habits today, if we don't deal with that now, and I'm sorry to say this, but if you don't deal with that now, it's going to shape your actions. It's going to become who you are. And it's better now to say that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. And as always, I want to leave you with some questions. You know, we see from Hayden, Chi-Chi, and and Sam, we see the impact of these questions. I want to leave you with some questions. I got to get up, though. That was a struggle, Pastor G. Somebody needs to go to the gym. Um, (laughs) as, As usual, we want to leave you with some questions to really think about and challenge yourself this week on developing godly habits today. And this is question number one, based, based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? And I want to tell you right now that it's better to start something small and not big. The smaller the better. And maybe for you, it could be... Not ever hitting that snooze button over all over again. Listen, Christ has strengthened me, and I can find strength in Jesus. So get up and go on about your day. And I have these little little circles on my watch here that tells me if I if I'm sitting too long, and if I have these little circles that tells me if I've 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 done my movement goal for the day. For you, it could be just completing those circles. Start with something small. And then you start doing it, and then you may be getting a streak going, right? And then you do it the next day, and then you do it the following day, and then you keep going, and then you're getting a streak, and maybe that will kind of push you and motivate you to do some more, something bigger, something stronger, based on... Who you want to become. What one habit do you need to start today? Start with something small. And question number two is this. Based on who Jesus is calling you to be, what one habit do you need to start? For you, maybe it could be just opening up your scriptures or your Bibles, your physical one or your phones before Instagram the smaller the better maybe it's 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 calling a friend that you haven't talked to in a while maybe it could be inviting somebody to church start with something small and then maybe like the previous one you get a street going right you get a street going and you might want to start venturing out and then you start praying with your family every night before bed and you start to do something bigger and crazier And you start serving more in church? Based on who Jesus is calling you to be, what is one small discipline that will move you in that direction?
0: Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.